0: I have hugged Daisy a lot this week.
1: Oh, I'm sure you have. Between I'll Be Gone in the Dark and this, come on. I'm surprised she's not here. She...
0: <laughs> Every time I walk into her room now, she just goes, Daddy, I know you love me.
1: I know, God. <laughs> she's like all of us, all the listeners. Girl, we know <laughs> you love your kid. <laughs> Welcome to part two of this thing. Oh, thank you so much. Back at ya. Thrilled to be nominated. Just a reminder, if you want more Jillian and
0: me, if you want more fun laughs, good times, join us on the Patreon, you guys. Uh, over 150 full bonus episodes to download a bitch right this second. Uh, we just finished up in the Dark, Fear City. You know what's yeah. on there.
1: Yeah, Fear City's up next. We're doing The Vow after that. But how about things we've actually done? Yeah. Uh, Tiger King, <laughs> Don't F with Cats, McMillions, <laughs> The Jinx, Madeline McCann, and then just a bunch of fun, like, after parties. Sometimes we send you stuff in the mail every once in a yeah. while. Zoom hangs. You get- it's just a whole thing.
0: There's ad free versions of these episodes if you want to check it out go to patreon.com slash true crime obsessed or go to our website click on the Patreon link.
1: Um girl, should I tell them about the merch this week? I think so yeah cause I feel like it's just like same old same old. Yeah. I feel we gotta switch it up or else they're not gonna listen.
0: Totally alright you guys look we've got tons of merch we've got like t-shirts mugs it's all the sayings and all the, the buzzy fun words
1: I'm not good at doing the merch girl you're way better at it than me. It's a lot of pressure <laughs> because it's a little self congratulatory <laughs> yeah. saying like all the stuff all the stupid <laughs> But shit, we say that you want it on
0: a mug. The point is, we're, we're donating all, every penny of it goes to charity. So, uh, every, all of the proceeds go to um, amazing charities. This really is hard, girl. I
1: put you on the spot See? with it every week. Every week. Like, it's easy. Like, I can just, like,
0: we have um, a Let the Women Do the Work pillow at the office. Every from every now and then I take a little nap and I put my head on. I've the... never seen it. It's, I know. I know. Isn't that insane? Tell her I said hi. I, <laughs> Give her a hug for me. All
1: right, girl. What are we talking about this week? We're wrapping up our coverage yes. of the three-part ID coverage on the Atlanta child murders. Yeah. It's not a comedy, you guys. It's not It's a not. Comedy. That's my bit, but I'll let you have it. It's not a comedy.
2: From 1979 to 1981, the city of Atlanta dealt with the unthinkable.
3: All the children are between 8 and 15 years
2: of age. The bodies of black children keep turning up in the woods. And I walked over and it was a human skull. And the rivers.
4: This latest death is apparently connected to the others.
2: More than two dozen victims.
4: The person who did this was a psychopath and
5: a monster. I was holding on to her body, Sam, what did they do to you? Families are devastated. The one person you had, he's gone. And you didn't get to say goodbye.
2: And long simmering tensions reach the boiling point.
5: Atlanta was on the borderline of exploding. It has to be the police. Who else could pull this kind of stuff off? It could possibly be the Ku Klux Klan killing these black kids.
6: It was like, okay, they're trying to start a race war.
5: At the root of it all is racism. Everybody was a suspect
2: until one big break changes everything.
4: That's a body hitting the water. I said, do you know why we've stopped you? Yeah, it's about the murder of those children, isn't it?
2: 40 years later, parents and family members still have questions. Was justice ever truly served?
5: When you look back over the story, hell no.
2: Their case never
3: was that well investigated and there's possibly still a murderer out there. one day, you know,
6: we might find out what happened.
0: So this opens in a really bananas way. So if you guys remember the way, if you haven't listened to episode one, go listen to that, then come back to this. Unless you like listening to things out of order, I'm not trying to tell you what to do, I guess.
1: I'm telling you to listen in order. Okay. Because, because we we cut off their episode two. Yes. In our episode one. So these are our, our rules now. Right. This is not like, because it's three episodes that we're breaking into two. Uh-huh. So like, you're, you're in, on our turf. We're this doing our it
0: shit. our way. So the
1: point yes. is, the
0: last episode ended with them, with like the cops under the bridge hearing a body being dumped and they pull over this creep on the side of the road and they ask him if he knows why they pulled him over and he's like, yeah, it's about all those kids I killed. Basically is what yes, he says. essentially, yes. What he really said was it's about all those murdered kids, right? So he's not like straight up admitting to the murders.
1: But you should, the the answer, the answer is no, officer, I have no idea. <laughs> <I know. laughs> not like, I you figured know, <laughs> you'd come a knocking because we of just, all those missing kids. On
0: Obsessed with Disappeared, Ellen was telling a story about a time a cop pulled her over and he's like, do you know why I pulled you over? And she goes, because I was on my phone. And he goes, actually, no, but good No, know. But thanks. Don't answer the question.
1: Just say no, officer. Officer, how may I help you? Oh, God. Even that doesn't work half the time, I'm... so who the hell knows? So, the driver's name is Wayne Bertram Williams. They call him Wayne, and they call him Williams. Yes, so that's right. That's,
0: so, good luck to we'll, you. we'll call him the
1: murderer.
0: Yeah. <laughs> wow. And so, they, they say to him, like, you know, they ask for permission to search his car, and he gives consent.
4: And I remember in the front seat, there was a pair of, uh, like, suede gloves with a wool liner um, and a flashlight.
0: Um no biggie. They see like a pair of gloves and a flashlight which they don't find too suspicious. Wait,
1: wait, 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 wait. What? they find suede gloves with wool lining. We also just went through 15 minutes of how humid and like yes. shitty and yes. now, I'm just saying, their words, they're, they're yeah. saying, the point is because they were sitting by this river like waiting for him to dump a body. God, I hate that phrase. We have got to get a new phrase. <laughs> like know. that, it's, it makes me sound like a monster <laughs> but like for, for him to do the horribleness that I, he does but I like, I feel like I really
0: just heard that for the first time. Was it's like, horrible, like,
1: right? No. it's the worst. It's and really it's bad. How they describe it, and it's like these people who really care about the children and the people. Yes. But like, there's got to be a better way. But anyway, <laughs> in the last episode, when they're describing like how they had to like basically just watch this humid swamp in Atlanta they're like oh my god it's so hot it's so humid it's so uncomfortable and especially in the middle of the night it's even worse it's very muggy so when I hear suede gloves with wool lining Uh in the Atlanta humidity I'm like what the fuck why are you wearing gloves in Atlanta anyway but I'm saying FBI Mike saying like no biggie to suede gloves and wool lining it's a biggie
0: Uh, yeah totally and then this guy Mike one of the agents Mike is like questioning him
1: FBI Mike was like, honestly, I thought he'd be a little more intimidated by me. I'm I might.
4: I remember talking to him and he didn't seem to be intimidated, as I might be. Uh, He was just as calm as he could be.
0: So the cop was like, what are you, girl, what are you doing driving around at like 3 a.m.? What's going
1: on? And he says... Again, yeah, 2.55 in the morning.
0: The story of this guy, Wayne Williams or whatever the fuck, is that he's a talent scout. He's got a meeting with a woman named Cheryl Johnson in the morning.
1: At 9 in the morning, he has this meeting. Yeah.
4: They lived in Spanish trace apartments. uh, And that he was out trying to find their address so that he wouldn't be late for the appointment in the morning.
0: Now, I got to tell you, girl, this is something I would totally do.
1: I am not a murderer, but I would do the I would do the drive-by, probably not at 3 a.m., but you never know. I was gonna, of course you would do the drive-by, but not at 3 in the morning, six hours before the meeting and right. this appointment. <laughs> totally. You would do it two days before, yes. and Steve on the spreadsheet <laughs> would be like, actually, I'd feel more comfortable if you did it nine days before or whatever. <laughs> but like- he was out at 3 a.m. trying to find an address so that he wouldn't be late for the appointment in six hours. That yeah. is a lie. No matter which way you slice it, it's a lie. And, and for whatever reason, FBI Mike and company are like, we let him go. So they let
7: him go that night. The, the, the authorities don't arrest him. They just question him because really nobody's sort of seen him do anything. And, and they don't have any evidence of anything other than that they heard that splash.
4: A lot of people have questioned why did that. To not let him go would have been placing him under arrest. And I didn't think we had enough at that time. And to this day,
0: I still don't. And you could tell that FBI Mike has been getting shit about this his whole life because he's like, I stood by it then, I stand by it now.
1: So two days after the stop on the bridge, a body appears very close to where they stopped Wayne Williams.
0: And downriver. So For- like, it would, like, the bo- like, I hate, there's no other way to say it. Like, the body floated in the right direction.
2: The body found on May 24th, 1981... Is quickly identified as Nathaniel Cater. At twenty-seven years old, Cater is no child, but like many of the most recent victims, he'd been asphyxiated and dumped in the river.
1: Friends, I'm saying it. Wayne Williams killed the kids. Yes, totally.
5: <laughs>
0: yes, yes. I like, when we get to the end of this, I have a lo- I have I have some thoughts on it as well.
1: I know I. We're not at the end, though. No. Right? Yeah. Today, this minute, Wayne Williams is responsible yes. for the people who show up in this area on the bridge. Right. So, like, the whole... The, if you're
0: doing the math, they pull—they they hear this guy dump a body, they pull him over, and then he drives away, and two days later, a body is found right where he dumped it.
1: Right. So, now, all eyes are on Wayne Williams, and they put him under surveillance. And he knew. The FBI <laughs> knew. It was a very... Somewhat, I think... I don't know if it's FBI Mike or FBI Jim, but they're like, oh, he knew we were there. It wasn't a covert operation. It was extremely over. And I'm like, oh, is that the the (laughs) clinical definition of it?
3: We wanted him to know that he was under constant surveillance. If he's likely to be the person responsible for these homicides, we certainly don't want him to commit another
0: one. What the FBI is saying is that, like, we know this guy's the killer, but we don't have enough evidence to get to bring him in yet. What we can't have happen is know that he's the killer and let him kill somebody else on our watch. So they're like, they're they literally say they're like staked out in front of his house with a big van that says like FBI is watching you, Wayne Williams. We are watching you. Yeah. This is in
1: Mindhunter. Truly. Like oh, Jonathan really? Groff is like eat, like drinking coffee and eating like a bagel outside, just like, <laughs> hey,
0: Wayne. Hey, how's it going? Girl, your hand is coming in to the Zoom square in a, the creepiest way it looks oh. like another person it looked like like somebody was gonna grab your face it was so scary <laughs> in the horror movie version of this what would happen is I would see the killer slowly walking towards you but my audio would cut out so I wouldn't be able to like I'd be screaming it at you but you wouldn't hear me or I'd be like funny bit
1: girl I know we <laughs> talked about it anyway
2: while the FBI keeps the Williams family home under close watch investigators delve into Wayne's background
1: so we learned we learn about Wayne Williams and his family. And here's the thing. Remember John Douglas, Mindhunter guy, FBI profiler? Yeah. Remember we learned, like, there are a couple things that the FBI was like, here's what you should look out for with the murderer of these kids. Totally. Uh, he's a single black male. He's an only child. Probably lives with his parents. Yep. In his 20s, highly educated. You guys, Wayne Williams ticks every last box he lives with his parents he he and then we realize that he like has this obsession with uh with like the fire department and the police department i
0: know they call him like a yeah i don't they have a word for him but like he's this weird guy who like
1: makes money it's not a weird it's a groupie they call him a groupie yes yes so he he would be this like like police like law enforcement police and fire groupie right like he would try to get there before the tv station did but also also, this guy had an old police car. He put the I lights know. back on it, he had a scanner in there. Like he thought he was like part of the gang. And I'm thinking this is the guy. It's I know exactly what they described. I
0: know, it's so fucking creepy.
1: Oh, and also he is trying to break into the music industry and really try to be like a manager. He was a producer. He was out in a lot of the different scenes.
7: His goal was to try to find the next Jackson 5, and that he was looking for youngsters to audition and take to the studio so that he could form this group.
3: He has a shortwave radio station for a period of time and would be trying to attract young musical talent.
1: And we see a flyer, and yeah. it's like, all interviews, private and free. Like, that's a big selling point. And then all I'm thinking about is Pat Man, who wanted to get into the music industry. Exactly. probably had this, like, exclusive and free meeting. I can't get over this. I know. All interviews, private and free. I know.
0: So it's June 3rd, 1980. They bring this Wayne Williams guy in for questioning. And at the same oh. time, they're at his house, like, searching the house and the vehicles. You guys, our girlfriend Larry, the one who's, like, the fiber expert, he's back.
2: Fiber expert, Larry Peterson, is called to the scene. He analyzed thousands of fibers collected from victims of the killings, with a focus on three varieties that kept reappearing. A rare green trilobal fiber, a violet acetate fiber, and a German Shepherd dog hair.
0: And he says as soon as he walked into the house, he sees it all.
2: When I arrived at the house, it was already
8: dark. It was a medium-sized house in what appeared to be a middle-class neighborhood went in through the carport entrance. As soon as I walked into the bedroom, I saw there's wall-to-wall green carpet. They have a German Shepherd. And here's a bedspread in the suspect's bedroom that has a violet acetate
1: green carpet yep wall to wall baby German shepherd hairs I'm like bingo they have a German shepherd that they better have been nice to I know (laughs) know. and then this like violet acetate fiber don't 100% know what that is but it's on the bedspread and like kaboom like all three like here we go I
0: just can only imagine when you're Larry and you've been staring at these fibers under a microscope for two years and you walk into the house and you see them like the, the hair on the back of his neck must have just exploded
1: yeah and Larry collects exactly. What he needs So while Wayne Williams Is being questioned Larry is like getting Like ticking everything Off his list Saying got this Got this Got this And he gets back To the lab Gets back to work And they are Instant matches Like faster than Anything's ever Been matched ever (laughs) I
8: know And it it was Instantaneous Like
2: After nine months Of searching Peterson is convinced He's found a single Source for all three Wayne Williams house holy cow
8: there it is
1: and that's how the ID episode two ends where Larry's like we gotta No questions asked. We fucking got it. It's the gay bar party I wanted. A gay Saturday night party I wanted on the on the bridge. Totally. When they got the guy, Larry's like, "Jillian, girl, I got you. Let's go." Oh my god. He's playing like the entire like early Madonna catalog. We're getting like burning up. (laughs) We're getting Lucky Star. Oh, we're getting all of it.
0: We're getting Lucky Star. All right, so now we're at episode three of the ID coverage. It's called Requiem. And basically, like, the whole opening is just, like, is reiterating the fact that, like, the fibers that they, that Larry found in the house are now, like, connecting all the victims.
1: As Wade Williams is being questioned. Yeah. like, Like, simultaneously, like, Wayne Williams is being questioned, and Larry is just like, you guys, we got him. But so this is my big question, girl, because,
0: like, the house where the fibers all are, it's obviously the bodies were in the house. He lives there with his parents. We see the house today. It is a small, tiny house. Those parents it's had tiny. to know something.
1: Oh, I mean, yes, I think they absolutely did. There is, I think, a chance, again, not an expert on any of this, that he could have been carrying those fibers, but I yeah. think it's more likely that these, oh god, these kids were in his room. I in mean, his room on the carpet, in uh, his room on the bedspread. Like I think I think that's that's what we're dealing with here. And it just gets worse and worse it's
0: and worse. So like Dahmerish. Remember, Dahmer was like in the basement doing all that shit to the bodies and the parents were like it really stinks down there but we're not gonna like we're just gonna ask no questions stupid grandmother who (laughs) was like oh just pray
1: the gay away (laughs) fuck that (laughs) And so like, we, we don't meet Wayne Williams' parents. Like, they seem pretty shitty. Yeah. Like, as far as I'm concerned. Totally. <laughs> like, and like, just be nice to the dog. goddamn And <laughs> I'm sure the dog was mad. I'm sure the dog was upset about the horrible things I that know. are happening. German Shepherds especially, they are so smart and so protective. You know that dog was like, Wayne?
0: I know, I know, I know. I... Well, so we, so they, they bring Wayne in for a polygraph, right? Oh, God. And we all know that polygraphs are bullshit, whatever. We meet the guy who administered the polygraph test. Richard. And so Richard is telling us, he like straps him in, like Wayne willingly takes the polygraph test, and he's asking him questions, and this guy, the way that this whole scene is explained is so casual.
6: I ask him direct questions. Did you cause the death of Nathaniel Cater? No. Did you throw his body into the river that night? No. I saw the reactions occurring, so I ran a chart. I said, well, let me darn. You're the guy we're looking for.
1: He's like, oh my god
0: girl you're totally the murderer is basically what he says to him the
1: point is Wayne Williams failed the lie detector test he said no to everything but you know as special agent John Glover and I will tell you that means nothing
0: no but I did want to know that there was another person in the room because this guy according to the polygraphed examiner he's legitimately accusing this guy of being a murderer and I was like are you just like looking a murderer in the face and calling him a murderer and you guys are the only two people there that's terrifying
1: isn't that what a polygraph is though like did you know. or did you not kill this person yeah. <laughs> It is, but I just want to know that there's, like, armed guards in the
0: room. Like, what's keeping this guy from killing the polygraph guy?
1: The fact that he wants to pass the polygraph test.
0: (laughs) I guess that's true. I guess if you kill the polygraph examiner, it's kind of like admitting to being a murderer. Not a good look, girl. Like, just not... Yeah, I really didn't think that through. Thank you for clearing that
1: up. Lie detector tests are bullshit. I will say this, as will Asia John Glover, who we also love. He's like, here's why they mean nothing. First
3: of all, polygraphs aren't admitted in court. Secondly... They're not reliable after you've been intensely interviewing a person. All you're doing is measuring the stress that's already there.
0: But the other thing, too, is that, like, Wayne Williams fails the polygraph test. And we get this, like, story from the FBI guys who were like, he was just walking around the office. He's walking
3: around the office, you know, saying, you guys don't have anything on me. If you did, we wouldn't be talking. I'd be in handcuffs. It just kind of confirmed that this guy is, you know, a different
0: kind of personality. And they let him go. They let him go. But
8: we couldn't charge him with anything because there was no federal law violated. The DA, nope, didn't have enough
0: evidence. So we had to let him walk.
1: Same time junk lovers like the more he kept talking the more we knew he was the guy totally but like wayne williams is not
0: named a person of interest right not at all rather than just like going home and being like oh my god i got away with it you guys he calls a press conference he like calls a press conference like on his front lawn
1: right but here no (sighs) (laughs) so (laughs) This is weird on 800 levels, but it's the thing is he was never officially named a suspect. So because of that, he can't be shown on camera.
7: And so the television cameras didn't show him. They showed the reporters faces on camera, you know, interviewing this disembodied uh, voice.
1: All we see for the visual of it is the reporters being like, uh-huh. Ooh, <laughs> yeah. Like them leaning uh-huh. in and paying attention and taking notes and and, re- and reacting to him.
5: They openly said, You kill Nathaniel Cater, and you know it, and you lying to us.
1: And it's like the reporters are trying to not look boring. <laughs> on the footage of them and they're like "Uh uh-huh he said what he said what and they like have their little pencil and notepad and it's just everyone like even our talking heads are laughing about it he
6: passes out his resume which claims he flew F-15 fighter jets and was a race car driver and just incredible stuff All of which is fabrication.
0: It's bananas. I know. So now, you guys, we meet Diamond Lee. And we'll get back to her role in this in a minute. She's like a TV producer, but she's also a talking head of the documentary. And she is saying that this Williams guy said, you guys, it couldn't be me. I couldn't be the murderer.
6: You guys know it's not me, because if it were me, folks would have seen me. Everybody in the community knows me. Everybody knows who Wayne is.
0: Everybody knows me. Everybody would recognize me. And the FBI, they're like another talking head, just basically cuts her off and is like, no, that's the point. He blended in perfectly. And why did he blend in perfectly? Because he lives in that community. He blended in perfectly in this in this society because everybody knew him. The politicians knew him. The police knew him. They tell this story about like a police roadblock where they're literally looking for the killer and they're stopping every car and like looking in the cars, but they wave this Wayne Williams guy through because
1: they the cops know him. Yeah, and when the FBI was like, girl, why'd you do that? And they were like, oh, because it was just Wayne. Right, exactly. It's no big deal. Everybody knows him. And I'm like, oh God. So again, the profilers were exactly right.
0: So they're now they're like, they're looking at the fibers and they're saying that like they want to charge this guy, but the DA is nervous because he doesn't want to hang the whole case on the fibers because it's not an exact science yet. You guys, guess what's happening in Atlanta that week?
6: It just happened that there was a gathering of fiber experts in Atlanta. Some of the best fiber experts in North America.
1: There's like this slew of scientists. They're like professional fiber studying people. Like their job is to be great at the fiber. They're and they're excellent at it. There's like a fiber scientist convention in Atlanta. They have theme music. <laughs> They have a slow walk. They're living their best lives. They take the fibers over
0: to this convention. You know, they got to go to like the Hilton downtown or whatever. Oh my God. And they bring the fiber stuff and all the fiber experts look at it. And they're like, no, this evidence is rock solid. And they
6: looked at some of the fibers and said, this is unbelievable. These are extremely significant fibers.
1: And they're like, just to bring it home, this is our lives? Yeah, we love fiber. Like, we dream of seeing a match, a match this good. Totally. This is the guy. Like, this totally. is it. This is what we wanted. All these scientists
3: told me that it is highly, highly, not only unlikely, but improbable for all of these to come together. In one place.
1: So they arrest Wayne Williams on Father's Day, 1981. Yeah, Finally. and
0: when when his image is shown on TV, we're back to Isaac. Remember Isaac was the kid whose brother was that Patman Man guy and he's the one that had that story about like going to the Candy Lady Miss Miss, Miss w- Willie May. Miss Willie May and the that creeper followed him up the stairs. So Isaac sees this guy uh what's this guy's name? Wayne Williams. He sees Wayne Williams and Willie May. That's a lot. It's a lot for my brain.
1: Miss Willie May. Wayne Miss Willie May is very hard to say. Yeah, it's <laughs> true. It's like true. when when we when we're like so amped and saying it so fast, Miss Willie Mae, I want I want them all to be. It's weird. I know. So he the, sees, the M's and W's want to switch. It the mouth it's, the mouth the mouth the mouth wants what the mouth wants. Yeah,
0: that was the weirdest thing I've ever said. That was. <laughs> it's been a long day, girl. So the guy Isaac sees Wayne Williams like doing his perp walk or whatever, and he's like, "Girl, yeah. that's the guy I saw." The guy who
5: they showed on TV, who they had just arrested, was the same guy. Who was in Thomasville Heights apartments that night? The same guy who stared at me and Miss William A. Down. That was him. I think he was still wearing the same outfit, I think. Same messy afro, same glasses, same stupid, smug look on his face.
1: He's still wearing that same tweed coat. Right. And he's like, yeah, his hair still looks like shit. Like, that's the guy. Yeah. That is totally the guy. So, by July 22nd, 1981, Judge Clarence Cooper is selected at random to preside over the trial. Yeah.
0: So, we're like, we're getting to the trial. Like, that's the whole next part of this.
1: Yeah, because obviously. Right, yeah. Did you hear about the fibers? <laughs> Do you
0: have to it? Like, <laughs> I, well, I wouldn't have heard about it, but then all of that shit went down at the Fiber Convention in Atlanta, and it look, just look. I mean, when the news gets I out, I love gets out.
1: those people. I those know. are like truly my people. Where they're like, "Oh my god, Fiber! We, we never thought we never thought we'd see a connection like this. We never thought we'd see a match so so big, so great." So the trial starts, and we get like the jury is eight black people, four white people, which they really want us to know about, which I I do think is important.
0: I was so glad that the jury looked like the defendant. I liked it.
1: Right. So there's a problem here, though. So everyone has been screaming, rightfully so, about the children for two years. Yes, yeah. But the thing is, Wayne Williams is on trial for the murder of the two adults who he killed.
2: Jimmy Ray Payne and Nathaniel Cater both were found under the bridge where Wayne was stopped and are tied to him with strong fiber evidence. But both of them or adults.
7: This is supposedly the Atlanta child killer, but now we got this guy who they say killed these two adults and we don't see him being charged with the murder of, of any child.
0: So, remember, there had been that curfew for children implemented in Atlanta, which is why he couldn't get kids anymore and he had started killing adults now instead.
1: Right. They deserve justice too. Yeah. But the, the issue is like, how are you supposed to convince a jury that the child murders and the two quote adult murders are related?
0: Especially because, like, you're not, he's not charged with any of the murders of the kids, but they want to be able to, like, use that evidence in court. And basically, the judge is like, okay, girl, go for it. Like, he just says, like, there's enough evidence connecting them. You don't have to charge charge him with those murders to be able to talk about them in court
1: it's called the prior bad acts doctrine and i'm like that sounds like a nickname weed give something like those prior bad acts he did those other shitty things he did can't we throw that in there too judge great and the judge is like girl yes with
2: judge cooper allowing evidence from 10 additional murders the state deals a major blow to wayne's defense putting him on trial for crimes that he was never charged
0: with So what the state needs to do here is connect the fibers to the bodies. The fibers are the linchpin here. And I know we're all excited about the fibers and that convention was epic. But this is going to be a major problem for the pizzazz factor, girl. Right, right, right. And so they start to show us the charts and the graphs that the prosecution is using. And it can only be described as pizzazzless.
6: We had charts showing all the different colors fiber can be. Now there are all these variations, meaning fibers can be identifiable, particularly if a fiber is rare. It's
1: the- 1981 version of a PowerPoint. Exactly. It's the worst. Connecting it's
0: all the, the different worst. fibers and all the different kinds of fibers. Here's, for example, a view of
8: Wayne Wayne's bedroom showing the green carpet. And here's what green carpet's fibers look like under a microscope. And here's what individual fibers from these sources would look like if we were to find them in the victim at the scene.
0: I just have in huge letters. No! They're in the weeds on the fibers. We need the
1: pizzazz. And the thing is, like, I'm sitting here. I know hindsight's 2020, but but I'm like, just explain it to the jury the way you told us exactly. Because I totally understand it, and I think it's super interesting and super damning. So I know that like back in 1981 things were different. They weren't talking to ID about it. They weren't <laughs> talking to us. But I'm like, if you just show up, like the footage that we saw, we saw a bunch of sciency shit. We saw like the actual fibers blown up, and they all looked exactly the same. You know, I like, did get bored during on. that
0: part. I was like, you guys, this is the ID. This is not enough pizzazz factor. I'm bored. But the
1: thing is, it's all visual. Yeah, like it's so clear when you see like here are the fibers from the dead kid here are the fibers from his bedroom they look exactly right. the same it's all visual like just show them the pictures and honestly like it's not that hard to understand if you just show here's something on the on the victim and here's something in his house i don't need to hear about and it and don't just drag show it out for
0: me. like two weeks which is what they did and then we the the defense attorney her name is mary welcome and she's on this st- i love i really like her she's on the steps of the courthouse after opening arguments and she goes i hope like hell But they have more than fibers. I hope like hell that they do. And I went, you and me both, Mary. You and me both, girl. Yeah. So remember, we're talking about the fiber evidence, right? And so far, it is not looking great for Wayne Williams, girl. But then the defense points out. There are carpet
7: mills in great numbers north of Atlanta. And so it's not uncommon for there to be carpet fibers in the Chattahoochee River.
0: If you're telling me that you
1: pull bodies out of the river that have carpet fibers on them, girl, that makes sense. I know, but... I see that, and I raise you the following. Yes. That the prosecution is bringing in a bunch of character witnesses. Oh, my God.
0: This was like Menendez all over again, you guys. They parade in dozens of character witnesses against this guy. This witness, Robert Lee Toland, claimed that Williams despised, quote, lower-class blacks and had once proposed how, by eliminating young black males, one could wipe out whole future generations. We are told that it's this witness, Robert Lee Tolan, who who said that in court. And I was like, fine. Like, maybe that's true. Can we get a little context? How do they know each other? How, when was this said? Like, what kind of friends are they? I Like, that's a, very damning statement and I wanted to know a little bit more about the guy who
1: said it that's all am I asking for the world am I reaching for the stars here (laughs) the point is they're saying like oh well here's the thing we have all of these witnesses saying that Wayne Williams was like blaming all of these young black kids for his own failures in the music industry and like just being a nightmare of a person like it was everyone's fault and not his
6: in Wayne's case he felt like other people were making him a failure in life and that was poor black kids who were out on the street at night.
7: According to the testimony, he had expressed contempt for some of these kids. One of the witnesses talked about him bragging sort of offhandedly how he knew how to kill a kid with just a touch of his of his, of his his hands.
0: He felt like poor young black kids were keeping him down and making him a failure. And so he was out to kill them all is what it seems Which like. Which
1: makes zero. Yeah. And also, remember uh, when he was crossing the bridge at 3 a.m. to find the address of this person? Cheryl Johnson? There's a really... Excellent chance that she does not exist. So <laughs> right, yeah. Which and is like, like, is anyone surprised by that? That he was lying through his teeth. No. Is anyone shocked that there's like a 98 percent chance that Cheryl Johnson does not exist? No.
0: It's just like it's chilling to remember though, like how he was telling that story to the cop. The cop was like, "This guy was not scared. He wasn't intimidated yeah. at all. Like it's he was just making the, He had you guys. He had literally dumped a body 30 seconds ago. He had a dead body in his car up until 30 seconds ago, and he is cool as a cucumber. Oh my god.
1: Well. To that point, the FBI is like, here's the thing So serial killers could stay cool in the short term Coolest of cucumbers, but not in the long run So Wayne Williams decides to take the stand His defense is like, we can't stop this guy, whatever
7: (laughs) Wayne is gonna take the stand, you know it It was
6: electrifying First day of Wayne's testimony Everybody wanted to be there and see what he said So it was very dramatic when he took the stand He was great Smooth, coggy, he sounded like that person who can convince you that the sun rises in the west. He was loving it the first day.
0: And so his first day on the stand goes really well. They say it was a big win for him. And so their plan for day two is to like get him riled up on the stand, to like, to, like bring out the serial killer in him.
1: Right. And so the deal is, the prosecution's like, we're just going to keep him on the stand for as long as possible, and we're really going to bait him, and we're going to get all in his face, and we're going to ask him all these questions, and we're going to be a little accusatory and just kind of break him.
6: What we did was go through all the same questions we had asked the day before. We knew he could not answer them without getting all crossed up. His answers would conflict with each other. Mallard
7: is really crowding Wayne's space. He said, how did it feel when you were choking the
0: life out of those kids? They're just rattling him, and it's getting, like, worse and worse. Wayne bristled. He's mad.
7: And he comes up to the edge of his seat, and he he points at Mallard, and Wayne says, I didn't kill anybody.
1: Everyone in the courtroom is on the edge of their seat Like I am on the edge of this article couch Not an ad So everyone's leaning forward And like Wayne Williams starts to take the bait And so he throws a fit And he said I'm
6: not answering any more of these questions You can't make me You know, And you keep asking the same questions over and over again You know he was very animated Very agitated You were kind of taken aback Because it was so sharp that's when he said, You want the real Wayne Williams? You got him. He blew up. Wayne
7: literally frightened the courtroom.
0: And this is when it cuts back to one of the sketches of the jury. And there's literally pearl clutching happening Pearl clutching. Totally.
1: <laughs> and so the jury's like, oh, Okay, so they saw his true colors in that moment. That's the whole thing. That like this guy can really turn on a dime and suddenly he's like leaping out of the chair right. on the stand, screaming like the real Wayne Williams. Like that was his words. Right. It's like, and oh, it was so like there's a whole other side of you. There's a whole other violent, aggressive side of you.
0: Cool. Right, because prior to this. It had seemed like the jury was totally on his side. Like they just, there was no way this guy could be the monster that they're describing. And then he right. shows his colors. And so on February 26, 1982, it takes 11 hours of deliberation and the jury comes back in and he's found guilty of both of the two murders that he was charged with.
1: But the community and the FBI are like, but isn't there 30 murders? Aren't there 30 murders we should be talking about?
2: Wayne Williams is convicted of killing Nathaniel Cater and Jimmy Ray Payne. But the police task force list includes another 28 victims, most of them children. During the trial, prosecutors use fiber evidence to connect Williams with 10 of these murders. Shortly after the trial, Commissioner Lee Brown closes those 10 cases and 12 others without ever seeking convictions, attributing 22 more murders to Wayne Williams five cases are handed back to the jurisdictions where the victims were found, and one child is still missing,
0: And so what we learn in this documentary, whether it's true or not, is that the FBI says that they only were able to convict on these two murders because they only had the evidence to convict on these two murders. Maybe it's true. I don't know. But the rest of the families of the actual children who were killed are left thinking that the FBI and the cops and whoever is investigating just doesn't care about their kids.
1: Well, and I also think the families would accept this outcome, the fact that he's going to be in prison for the rest of his life. I think they would have accepted that more if they felt like people... People and law enforcement specifically gave a shit about their kids totally, for all this time. Totally, like you know, like and some of our friends here did. They totally did, but like the commissioner didn't, the mayor didn't, and so like these families don't know the inner workings of the FBI. And now they're you know again we're only hearing about this now on ID. So all they knew was that all they remember is on the six o'clock news the the mayor saying there's no connection. I don't know. Yeah. So I feel like if they felt like they cared about the kids, they'd say, well at least. He he's behind bars and it doesn't matter how he got there but that's wasn't communicated
0: we start to hear too from the fbi that like even though we attribute all those murders to him we know that he didn't do them all
3: if you look at the list wayne williams clearly did not kill everyone on that list
4: i don't think anyone in the fbi has ever said to my knowledge that he killed all of those children I I don't believe it because I know of several
3: that I know he didn't. Everyone in law enforcement knows that he had nothing to do with the two girls.
0: He says everyone in law enforcement knows he didn't kill those two little girls, Angel and LaTanya. But like those deaths are attributed to him. So who did? Like, why aren't you? If you know that he didn't do that, why aren't those deaths being investigated? It's It's shitty. So, okay, you guys, I think this is going to be the point
1: where we're going to have to ask you to pull over. This is, I'm like rubbing my face and my temples. I'm... Yeah. uh, Okay. So this
0: Wayne Williams guy is in prison. 16 years, his case goes nowhere. In 2003, he decides he's going to, like, on his own, mount, like, a PR campaign for himself and try to get, like, the public on his side. So he's writing letters to this radio show host, Frank Ski, in Atlanta. And so this guy, Frank, is, like, reading his letters and, like, falling under his
1: spell. Because Frank was a kid in Atlanta when this whole thing was happening. So he feels a very personal connection to this.
6: You're a kid growing up when all of this is happening, and then the guy who gets accused of killing kids is now writing you.
1: So Frank
0: calls Diamond Lewis, who we talked about a little bit earlier. She's like a TV producer. I got a call from Frank Ski late at night, one night, and he said, Diamond, I've got an exclusive. We're gonna go
6: and interview Wayne Williams.
0: And he was like, girl, let's go see this Wayne Williams guy in jail and at least see, like, what he has to say. And so they decide to go in 2005,
5: and we see pieces of this interview. None of us have really had closure in this thing. Not the families, not Wayne, and not the people of Atlanta. Absolutely. I just want
6: to say this from the heart. Wayne Williams, me, I have never hurt, I have never killed anybody in my life
1: the thing is like he is maintaining his full innocence. So he's saying he didn't kill the two adults. He's maintaining 100%. I'm being railroaded. I didn't kill a single, single person. Yeah. And I think that that's just not true. No, I don't think he killed all of the people attributed to him, Yeah, but he did definitely killed at least these two people um
0: girl he also refers to himself in the third person i was wondering how you took that
1: i feel horrible about it (laughs) i just as if i couldn't hate this person enough
0: i know i know and like and and he's like i mean this guy's a murderer he killed all of these kids and so diamond says to us frank and i walked out of that facility we looked at each other and we knew at that moment that we were thinking the exact same thing
6: oh my gosh i think this guy is really innocent
1: to which I said, oh, my God, Diamond,
0: I think you guys are garbage.
1: Right, because then Frank uses his, like, morning zoo radio show right. or, or whatever to become, <laughs> like, the pro-Wayne Williams platform. And our friend Isaac, whose brother was murdered. Patman. His brother is Patman. Patman with the candy store. Yeah. And, and, like, basically calls up the show at, like, 9 o'clock in the morning and is like, are you guys fucking serious?
5: And so I call the radio station. I said... This guy who y'all are propping up now, not only did this guy kill my brother, he actually came back to our apartment to try to get me. Don't give this guy a platform.
1: And the thing is, like, again, he didn't kill all of the people that he's attributed to. Like the two girls specifically, they didn't fit the profile. Yeah. Like, definitely. And like, that is true. But to suddenly be like, I don't think he killed any of them. Like, that is bullshit and that's garbage it's bullshit and like and Isaac is saying
0: you could see like the sentiment turning
5: and you could actually see the public support for him start to pick up because if you tell a lie long enough it becomes a truth to some people
0: then we learn about this Lewis Graham, right? He's the chief of police now in 2005. Right. He was one of the original investigators on the case back in the day. So he's got a personal connection to it. And he decides, you know what? He's going to reopen five of the cases that were attributed to Wayne Williams, but like were never, he was never really prosecuted for.
1: Which is great. It's Which, great. Uh, on paper, it sounds great.
2: Less than a year later, Chief Lewis Graham resigns amid separate accusations of police wrongdoing. His investigation had failed to turn up any new evidence. And the five cases are closed.
0: And then the final nail in the coffin. They win a thing in court to get a hair tested that was found on one of the bodies, like a DNA test for the first time. And Diamond, who is now like a Wayne Williams apologist slash supporter, is looking at us and saying. And the DNA
6: test came back and said that 98% of the population could be excluded. 2% could not and Wayne Williams was in that 2%. You
1: guys, he killed that kid, at least. And Diamond says it to us, like, so to prove my point right. of the 2% of the population, and I'm like, no, that proves our point. Yeah. He cannot be excluded. What are you saying? Right. And like, Diamond, if, if
0: your point is he definitely killed some of them, but he didn't kill all of them, that's a fine point and get justice for those kids and those families. But that doesn't sound like what you're saying.
1: I need. No, I need- that's my point, girl. My point is that he, like, let's get justice for the people he killed and then get justice for the people he didn't kill by finding the people who murdered them. Diamond is saying he's 100% innocent. He's been railroaded. How dare we? And to to Diamond, I say, how dare you? And Frank, I say, (laughs) how dare you? How does this end? I have, like, that's my last so, note. You know, Wayne Williams has been in prison for almost 40 years. He maintains his innocence. In 2019, the Atlanta mayor, uh, Keisha Bottoms, announced that she would retest, like, all the evidence. Nothing has come of it. I side-googed. So it's this kind of, like, really fucked up situation where he, like, Wayne Williams is in prison for a good reason, but justice has is not even close to being served in this case.
0: That really was exhausting, girl. <laughs> I
1: felt like, could you hear the breath was like, in this case. <laughs> Oh, hey, girl. Oh, oh hey, what, what's, what happened? Sorry
0: what for happened? that record scratch. So loud, you guys. Jillian and I are popping in. It's a week since this episode first went up on the Patreon. Mm-hmm. Remember, you guys, we put the episode one out on the regular feed and this episode out on the Patreon a week early. Right. And so we just wanted to say, like, right after episode two went up and people were listening to it, we got a lot of feedback and we wanted to address it.
1: Yeah, that's exactly right.
0: So here we are.
1: Here we are. <laughs> so we did the ID coverage of it and there isn't. An HBO series on it. Now, we are not ignoring the HBO thing. There was a method to this madness, I assure you. So, (laughs) we... We wanted to be able to cover this story. It was requested so much. From, like, day one. We wanted. We always joke about, like, we wanted to have it all. We wanted to have it all with this, truly. We wanted to be able to do all of your requests on Patreon, also do this case that is very, very important, and make it available to as many people as we possibly could.
0: Yeah, and so the choice was either, like, cover the ID series, which is three episodes, and put it on the regular feed, or cover the HBO series, which is five episodes, and do it on Patreon. So we decided to cover the ID series. And so, I think what a lot of people were saying on Facebook is that like there was stuff left out of the ID series that was covered in the HBO doc and so we went back and watched the HBO series you guys we found the time in our schedules it was not easy girl
1: no but uh, you know what it was eye opening yeah for sure
0: and so I think without like dragging this on too long we just wanted to give voice to the people who gave us feedback about the things that got left out of the ID series that we covered and so for me the things that really stuck out a lot of it was in episode 4 which really covers the trial Right. and you know for example Mary his lawyer, who is not interviewed in the ID doc, was interviewed here. Remember the big thing, girl, about how they like the prosecution broke him and they saw the real Wayne Williams on day two?
1: Right, you want the real me? You got him, that whole thing, yes.
0: That whole thing. So in the HBO series, Mary Welcome is like, that was me. I told him to do that. Like, girl, you're not showing any emotion. You gotta show emotion. And so, you know, she even says, if you want to blame somebody for that, blame me.
1: Right, so something that really jumped out to me and it comes. I don't know if it's episode four or five, but there's like a lot of a lot of very horrible evidence uh, towards the KKK. Like, yes. there's, there are trials. There are. Go- I mean, the KKK. I mean, they're horrible, horrible terrorists and awful people. Um, yeah. But I'm walking away from this thinking, oh shit. So I said some stuff in our second episode of this that does not age well and does not look good. Because
0: they literally say in in the, in the ID coverage, the FBI and the cops are like, people thought some of these murders were done by the KKK. We looked into it and girl, I swear to God, we investigated it and it wasn't them. So, you know, based on what we covered, right. we were told it was investigated and it wasn't the KKK. And
1: then from where I'm sitting, which is a great view of testimony yeah. against <laughs> the KKK, uh, yeah, so my mind has changed on that absolutely. I don't, I don't know if he's... He is 100% innocent, but I stand by what I said in our coverage of it, which is he did not kill everyone that he is charged with.
0: No, and like the big thing that I think people wanted us to know, somebody said that the black community by and large does not believe that Wayne Williams is the Atlanta child monster. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know if that means that this person is saying that they believe he didn't kill any of the kids or he only killed the adults or he didn't kill the adults. I mean, another takeaway from the HBO doc was that Yusuf Bell's mother He was one of the one of the kids that was murdered and Mm -hmm. had Wayne Williams wasn't uh, charged with his death, but it was one of the ones that was, quote, pinned on him. Yusuf Bell's mother believes that that Wayne Williams didn't kill anybody, that he was literally just a scapegoat. And so that was another major takeaway for me.
1: Yeah and you know Again what, what we always say Is like justice needs To be served So if you know A lot of these cases All of them need to be reopened And actually investigated Because the yeah. thing is Like what this always happens If they just were good At their job from the beginning We wouldn't be here If it started yeah. out Like giving a shit About these black kids To begin with Maybe we wouldn't be here With uh, with this conflicting information And different and different styles Of, of storytelling And you know So yeah. uh, justice needs to be served So if I, I, I'm all about Re-investigating and opening things especially for the kids who like the cases who just got lumped into Wayne Williams like that's garbage and we said as much totally a million percent and you guys we
0: love your feedback thank you for for educating us on this um, we were really glad to hear it I was glad to watch the HBO series Same. and learn even more and so I guess that's it you guys we love you we just wanted to sort of give you the addendum and say we heard you we went out and like looked at what you guys told us to look at and it was very eye-opening for us
1: yes absolutely also I still I'm gonna die on this hill KKK sucks <laughs> I not not great. Oh, really? I go so far as to say as just the worst. Yes. And if you don't agree with that, then this is the wrong podcast for you. <laughs>
0: God, you guys. We did the Atlanta child murders, you guys. Oh, my God. We got requests for that for a very long time. I'm glad I'm glad we covered it. This is one of the ones I really knew nothing about.
1: Yeah, I'm glad we covered it, too. I think it's it's one of those things where like we just want the, the case and the story to be told over and over again. Maybe one day full justice will be served. That's really the goal here. Uh, you guys, if you're looking for some more fun laughs, good times, join us on the page over
0: 150 uh, full bonus episodes to download a bitch right this second. Every series you've ever wanted us to cover from HBO, Netflix, Hulu, even I think Lorena was yeah. on Hulu, girl, and and, and
1: beyond. <laughs> and I feel beyond. like like and whatever comes like. down the pike, it's on our list. Girl, what are we doing next? We're doing. It's on HBO. It's called Heidi Fleiss: The Would Be Madam of Crystal. <laughs> This documentary is so bonkers. It feels like it goes on forever, I gotta tell you. Uh, there's just a lot happening. It's a lot of feelings. She's kind of a misogynist. It's kind of nuts. Oh my
0: God, I can't wait. You guys, you can find us at truecomobsess.com. You got the merch. You got the promo codes for all the ads that we do. You got all of our episodes, the calendar.
1: Um, girl, they can find you at Jillian with a G on all the things. They can find you at Patrick Hines on Twitter and Patrick Hines underscore on Insta. You guys, stay tuned for the the. Tri- trailer for Heidi Fleiss would be Madame of Crystal is that what it's called the would be Madame of Crystal and Crystal is a town in Nevada so okay. it's not just like Crystal like a state of mind right. you know or some other substance no. it's like Crystal is yeah. like a location and then our fun and hilarious outtakes you guys yeah TM TM and TM means trademark right. we haven't said that in a while that's
0: true for clarity's sake
1: alright we love you guys thanks so much for listening we love you. bye I took the oldest profession on earth and did it better than anyone on earth. She slept with all these guys for free, it would be fine, but the fact that she takes money from them, it's illegal? I mean, why should there be laws on a woman's body? I have a substance abuse problem. I love that white trash drug, crystal methane.
6: Former Hollywood madam, Heidi Fleiss, wants to get back into the sex business, but this time in Nevada, where it's legal. It's a man's world, Heidi. But it's my game to lose. My biggest fear of Heidi Fleiss is Heidi
1: Fleiss. Heidi Fleiss is kind of synonymous with sex and money. Really, I'm just your average convicted felon. last episode or this current episode it's very confusing when we split three episodes <laughs> into two
0: but the whole you're point really is like with it look i'm here for you on this journey i want you to know that i got your back
1: jonathan groff has
0: never had a bagel in his goddamn life
1: eat the bagel groff sauce like it's all in the face you're fine girl I eat the bagel be happy it's an everything bagel with cream cheese it's so good oh, Just god. eat it, oh sauce. god oh god I'm you'll be starving. fine you'll be fine
0: Oh, God, please don't make me witness your gruesome murder. I don't think I could handle that.
1: I mean, I'll try. There's really clearly not much I can do about it.
0: If we've learned 200 episodes
1: in, 150 episodes (laughs) on Lady Pates. There's clear, I mean, I'll do my goddamn best. So this guy, Isaac, sees Willie May.
0: What's his name? Wayne Williams. (laughs) I think this might be it. I think this is as far as I'm going to get.